my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and happy December to everyone here at Black Girls Heal. I wanted to come and do a special bonus check-in episode with everyone and share some affirmations some encouragement, and some resources as we go into this month. So December is my birthday month, and I am very excited about that. Um, My birthday is December 7th. For those of you who do not know, that I'm a proud Sagittarius. And uh, usually I, I have actually talked about my birthday more leading up to this. And so me sharing this, I think this is going to come out the week of my birthday. Um, Me sharing it the week of is not normal. However, my focus has been very much on my son. My son was, uh, he was actually supposed, okay, he is having a tonsillectomy this week and also having adenoids removed and ear ear tubes being put in. And he was supposed to have all this done at the end of this month, but like during the holiday season to not really disrupt school or anything, but his sleeping has been getting worse and all the things that come with having enlarged tonsils and adenoids and making it harder to breathe and all that stuff. And so my focus has been on that. And so surgery has been moved up to this week. And so, um, you know, I am so focused on that. I'm focused on that, on him getting better, on me nursing him back to health for the next two weeks. They say, even though this is a procedure that people go through all the time, that about a weekend is when, when I need to be mindful of pain and everything as the scalps are falling out and all that stuff. So all that to say, my birthday is not on my radar as of yet. <laughs> and I have planned to do something nice for myself and with my friends later this month. But right now I am focused on my baby and him getting better. And I will feel so much better once he is at home, hopefully eating regularly with Hot Wheels all over my home. <laughs> like that's That is going to be the greatest birthday gift for me right now. But in the meantime, I still wanted to just celebrate myself here and say happy birthday to me happy birthday to you Sheena you've done a great job this year I'm proud of you and I love you so much and I really admire the woman that you have become and so receive that love you girl and thank you for all of you for being a part of this community and just what makes this place amazing and that I get to take care of y'all and love on y'all and hopefully give y'all resources and things that really helps you. And so thank you for just being y'all and being here. 
So a few weeks ago, I was talking to my somatic therapist, the woman who I go to for body work, who I also call my therapist. If you ever, I will interchange therapist and body worker and all that because Amber is legit. She's, she's my G. Um, but I was talking with her a few weeks ago and I got really emotional and I started crying because of the impact of my ADHD and the ADD. Um, I had the inattentive type and it is real and it is big and it makes it so, so incredibly hard to follow through with plans that I have, taking care of myself, taking care of a lot of other things that are top of mind. And even though I have made my life and my lifestyle as easy breezy and as clear as I can, I was getting very emotional about not being able to just follow through with things. And even when I have the best tips, the best support, the best whatever, after just a few days, if not a few hours, I will forget. And so I've been in this constant cycle of kind of restarting things. And, you know, I don't feel that way now, but I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But it have really come to a head. And for those of you who have not ever looked into ADD or ADHD, there's something that is called rejection sensitivity. And when I first read about it, I just kind of blew it off because especially the work that I do here, you know, everybody here has had some, some been on the spectrum of being very sensitive to rejection because of the childhood trauma and things that we go through. However, when you struggle or when you have the symptoms of the diagnosis of ADD or ADHD, you have a lifetime of people who have thought less of you, who have treated you like you were dumb, treated you like you were a nuisance, who will take your mistakes as evidence of that, especially because if you are neurodivergent in this way, the amount of times that you drop the ball, you make your mistakes, you don't follow through, you follow through incompletely, you um, are missing details or whatever it is, happens more often than not. And so you are in this the steady stream of experiences from early on to through adulthood, where you may be hypersensitive to this type of rejection, you may try to overcompensate for it. Perfectionism is a huge part of it as well and needing to be perfect. And so, um, you know, I'm talking with Amber about that. I'm talking about how I was feeling around it. And so she tells me a couple of things that were helpful, but also like for real, the first thing that she did, or one of the first things, I can't remember because this was a minute ago, but one of the things that she asked me, she was like, so before, did you feel this way? And I can't remember the context, but she was basically asking about me feeling as if it's hard for me to follow through with things that I struggled with this before. And I said, well, no, not really. But also I was w working, you know, late into the night. I didn't take any breaks or anything. I was like highly stressed and I was always doing something to basically pick up the pieces. And she asked me some other things about like my growth and my balance and things like that and, and my own healing. And so what she shared with me is that what they find that happens, and I talked about how 
my mother, I know for sure that she, even though she's no longer with me, when I look at her life and I think about the piles of paper that were everywhere, all of her dreams and all of her plans that she would be so excited about, but not be able to follow through with just the chaos that seemed like it was everywhere. Her consistent lateness, you know, my mom was always late and I overcompensated for her lateness by being really early. But then when I was in charge of myself and my own life and I didn't have to parent and and that way, then I started to be late everywhere I went. And even to the point where even when I'm trying to be early, I'm on time. And when I'm on time, I'm late and it doesn't, I will pat on all this extra time and just the time blindness. So whatever amount of time that you think it's going to take, it usually takes multiple times more when you have ADHD. I struggle with talking about ADHD sometimes because part of me feels like I have to justify it. That is a real limiting thing when you don't have a handle on it and when you don't have skills and resources around it. I think especially because there are so many people who claim to have this diagnosis or claim to struggle with it because they have moments of forgetfulness, because they have moments of being late, because they have moments of procrastinating. But the the real impact of their daily functioning, they don't really experience it. So when someone like me (laughs) talks about this, it almost feels as if like, girl, you're kind of milking this. So I feel like I over talk about it. But also I think I'm I'm not. I think I'm just explaining my experience and the experience of many other people as well. So I I'm telling her it's is biological and even my son, you know, the teachers are starting to see um he is the sweetest kid but he really struggles with focusing on things and past the point of normal was normal typical development, right? So we're keeping an eye on that and helping him build these executive functioning skills now. So it's not a problem down the road. So me telling her all this, she says to me two things. She says, well, one, if they, if according to what she has learned, if the sources of ADD or ADHD are biological, if it already exists, and then there's trauma on top of it, what they find is that once you heal the trauma, that the ADHD symptoms get worse. So I'm not going to say it as beautifully as she said it. The way that it looked like for me is that I already had these potential indicators that existed. I had the trauma that I went through that, that enabled me to be perfectionistic, to overwork, to overcompensate, to um, really stretch myself to make sure that all of these things that were potential ways that I could be made fun of or rejected or or um, excluded or penalized for, that I did everything I could to to work through that, even though it caused crazy amount of stress and imposter syndrome and everything else on top of it. And so as I've healed those things, as I've found more balance and rest in my life, as I've found more happiness, as I've improved my self-esteem, As I have learned how to say no to things and as I've learned to not um, equate what I do with my value and all that stuff, as as all those things have been taken care of, the ADHD symptoms have increased. (laughs) And I was like, what? What are you saying to me? What? What is 
of what world does that make sense? And she she said it and she explained it or whatever. I was like, okay, so so what do I do? And something else that y'all also know is that uh, I've been on this health journey and I got diagnosed with ADD in, in during COVID, but my blood pressure was so high that it was, my blood pressure is in stroke level. So there's no way I could have been, or at least the doctors I went to, again, I found out that there was other alternatives that I was not told. And I will save my medical community rant on another day, but or for another day, but I was denied medication until I got my blood pressure under under control. And so I am better now and I'm more stable. And so I went back to my doctor. I went to my primary care because he has been very nice and he has very listened to me and he's been really great. And so he suggested a medication for me and I have been on it. And I cannot, I think things have been better. Uh, one thing that I will note, so I am, I'm not going to say the name of the medication because I do not want to cross over into the line of giving medical advice or having people go and look for a certain medication that may cause adverse side effects. And especially because if you look up any of these medications or basically any medication period, as much as you're going to have people who say it works for them, you're also going to have people who say it was the worst thing ever for them. So I don't want to put that out there, but the medication that I am on is a non-stimulant and it's supposed to work into your system and have a buildup. And so I, at first was kind of disappointed by this because I wanted to be able to have that experience where I take something and immediately, you know, I'm in go mode and I'm focused and I'm able to buckle down and everything, but that's not what this one is. But what I have noticed is I have been getting things done and all the pressure, the emotional pressure that I've had around, okay, I got to get this timeline done. I got to get this project done, or here's my to-do list. I don't have that internal stress around it. It's more of a kind of a more neutral, more loving, accepting acceptance of, okay, here's what I'm going to do today. And there's more ease in me doing it. That is definitely what I've noticed. There's more ease versus pressure and stress, which has been great. I also can't say whether or not it is fully the medication or not, because I am a fan of cycle syncing. I've just learned to pay attention to my body. For those of you who do not know what that is, it is the the science behind as women, we are on a 28-day cycle. I believe this is still the case, even if you're no longer menstruating, that you can still pay attention to the times of your times of the month that your hormones or your moods or your energy levels ebb and flow. That men are on a 24-hour cycle where they may have those changes within a day, but as says, but as as women, we operate on a 28-day cycle. And so there will be times of the month that we have more energy and times of the month that we um, have no energy and times of the month that we are more optimistic and happy and and um, hopeful and optimistic and times of the month that we are not. And it's not just the, the days that we are menstruating and that there's a lot that we can learn by paying attention to you know, how do we feel and how is our energy on day two of our cycle versus day 14 versus day 16 and versus and day 18. 
So I have paid attention to my my cycle and my flow to know that there is a week that happens. And when I say a week, a full week and not just the days that I'm mistrading, there's a week where I don't have really any energy. And it doesn't matter how many plans I have or how many good intentions I have or how many how much I've cleared my schedule, that it is really, really hard for me to function and to get things done. So I have not gone through that week yet while I have been on this medication. So that will that will show a lot about um, how much oomph I have behind me. But I am really happy that I've been able to make this change. So during this time when I was feeling really um, alone in this and really kind of frustrated with the progress that I made, that even though I have this abundance of time and abundance of resources, it was really hard for me to not only get things done, but actually I was getting things done, but the time it would take for me to get a simple task done was taking so much more, even with the overestimating, even with the padding, even with a whole day available, it was still hard for me to to finish something. And it was just really, uh, again, really frustrating. So during that time, I was like, I would love to be a part of a support group or a support circle or to talk with other people who are going through this and just to have some encouragement. So those of you who are on my mailing list, you already know this, that in the BGH Members Club, I'm adding some support circles for people who are dealing with certain issues to come and talk and come together. And I'll talk about that more um, in its own separate place outside of this, not because I don't want to promote it now, but because with all the transitions and everything happening, our actually, actually our first group for ADHD was supposed to be this week. It was supposed to be tomorrow, um, but I'm needing to postpone it because of this impromptu surgery. So it's still going to be this month, but it's going to be a few weeks from now. So I just want to make sure that it has its own place because um, building community here is something that's been on my mind for uh, a long time here on BGH and building a community um, in the community in general. (laughs) And so I just want to make sure that I talk about it in, in the best way possible. But again, those of you who are on the mailing list already know that um, these support groups are starting. And again, one for neurodivergency is is on the list. Because even when you have your planners on 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 track and you have your routines on track and you have your medication on track, you know, keeping track of all of it. <laughs> I said keeping track again. <laughs> Keeping track of all of it is a lifelong journey. And if you decide you want to come off medication, if you decide to use it, if you're using different supplements, how it's impacting your life, your your sense of self, your relationships, you know, your career, and just coming and being with people who get it is priceless. And I just really want that experience, not only for neurodivergency, I guess I'll say a little bit about the other two groups. The other two groups are for love and relationships. And so I thought about just doing one for love addiction or love avoidance, kind of like what we do for what happens in 12-step meetings. But I was I was thinking people are coming and they're going to have all types of intimate relationships that they may be wanting to just come and share and get some support from or just share what's going on with them and just have this have the circle hold space for them. And so I, as of right now, am titling that group Love and Relationships. 
And then there's going to be another group that was originally going to be just for mother wounds, but, you know, family be familying sometimes. And so we all have different stressors that are going on with caregivers, um, authority figures, cousins, aunts, um, siblings, and so whatever needs to happen there. So again, I'll share more about what those support circles are going to look like and an official invitation later on. But uh, that definitely was an inspiration. My last several months of frustration with my own ADHD led to this and led to some exciting changes. So I look forward to sharing with y'all more about that later on. And by joining the club, you also get access to all the workshops that I've taught so far in the club. Um, Right now we have our Cultivate Your Relationships uh, family lessons in there. And for those of you who don't remember, a few years ago when I launched the Love Woman Planner, Um, I also launched the Cultivate Your Relationships card deck, which had uh, a set of challenges and tasks for you to do for each different domain of relationships in your life, your family relationships, your friendships, your romantic partnerships, and your relationship with yourself. And so there were 12 weeks for each of those different domains with different tasks, different challenges, different things for you to do to assess, to elevate, to heal your relationships in each of those each of those areas. And so right now for members the cultivate um the cultivate your relationships family lessons are up for the next couple of months. So you can go into there if family relationships are something that you're focusing on right now, reestablishing boundaries, figuring out what you want, learning how to find yourself in it, um, learning how to set the precedent or set expectations with people who are for you and people who are not, um, that would be a really great uh, resource for you as well. So again, blackgirlsheal.org slash club. And I really look forward to seeing all of y'all in the community and that you really enjoy the resources that are there. But for everyone else and also for members as well, I did want to share some affirmations that I think would be great for us to really reflect on for this month. So that's absolutely one of the things that I have been doing lately. The last several weeks is really pouring into affirmations, speaking things over myself, mirror work, um, declaring the thoughts and beliefs that I want to have instead of harping and ruminating on the things that I don't want to have and feeding and nurturing that, uh, using tapping like nobody's business and clearing a lot of things out. And so when I was thinking about this upcoming month and thinking about what people usually tend to focus on around this time of year, the idea of resetting came into play or came to mind and how a lot of people really want to clear things out. They're evaluating how their past year has been. They're thinking about what they want to come next. They're thinking about what they want to be different. Uh, And like I said, some people really can focus on the things that went wrong instead of the things that went right, or better yet, maybe the things that went wrong, but they're not focusing on the things that they want to call in and the things that they want to be their truth. And I have always found more empowerment over focus on what I want to call in versus the things that I no no longer want to be here. And I think ruminating and worrying about things and like beating ourselves up on what could have been and what should have been makes you feel as if you have some sense of control or it makes it fe- it makes you feel like you're clearing something out or like you're 
you're paying penance or something, but really you're just making yourself feel worse. And yesterday doesn't matter. I was saying this to another client the other day. Yesterday is already gone. You can't fix yesterday. You can't change yesterday. The only thing that you have right now is today. The only thing you have right now is the present. And even tomorrow, tomorrow doesn't exist. The only thing you have right now is this moment. So how am I going to choose to feel right now in this moment? How am I going to choose to show up for myself in this moment? How am I going to talk to myself in this moment? This is the only moment. This is the only thing that you have control over. And so in this moment, you get to decide, am I going to speak life? Am I going to believe life? Am I going to grow life? Or am I, am I going to do more of the same? And don't get me wrong. You know, sometimes we, it feels good to kind of like nestle into the pain and to nestle into the things that hurt. And of course, validating our emotions and needing to feel what we need to feel and grieving is absolutely a part of the process. It's just making sure we don't get stuck there. And that we don't mistake that grief and misery and the pain of the past is our actual home when really it's something that no longer applies and is not where we need to live or need need to be anymore. That we can always be moving forward and we can change our perspective and change our thoughts and to, again, speak life and breathe life into ourselves. So I only have five for us this month. And we'll see how y'all like them. And if you like this thing, then maybe I'll bring it back for January as well. But here are five affirmations that you can speak over yourself, and I hope that you find it helpful. So the first one is, I deserve to have the life and love that I want. I deserve to have the life and the love that I want. I deserve to have the life and the love that I want. The next affirmation, the next affirmation is I love how the world conspires for my good. I love how the world conspires for my good. The next affirmation is I am proud of who I am and how I am growing. I'm proud of who I am and how I'm growing. The next one is, I'm available for more love, possibility, and change in my life. I'm available for more love, more possibility, and more change in my life. And the last one is, I'm ready for what comes next. I'm ready for what comes next. So here's why I wrote these affirmations for us. I deserve to have the life and the love that I want because you do. <laughs> that is pretty self-explanatory because you do. And the more that you know that and you believe that, the more you will act and stand in it unapologetically. And that's what I want for you. The next one is I love how the world conspires for my good because I really want those of us who have had so much trauma, tragedy, and as a result, we have a lot of hypervigilance over the bad things that can happen or could possibly happen that we start to imagine and grow our capacity to believe that good can happen for us as well. And not only can happen for us, but that it does happen for us and for us to open our eyes and our mindsets to that. Third affirmation about being proud of who I am and how, how I am growing to know that you are not a project 
that needs that you that you are not broken and in constant need of repair, but that you are a woman who's evolving, that you are someone who's constantly growing and becoming better and better every day, right? That you are not a burden and that you are not a mistake and that you do not have to hide in shame, but for you to grow in your grow in your own sense of confidence and pride. And the last two are pretty connected. I'm available for more love, possibility, and change. And I'm also ready for what comes next. You know, this, I might be the only one who feels this way, but I have noticed that sometimes I can kind of shut down possibility and growth because I'm afraid that I will lose control. And I'm afraid that lose control and that even though it may be something good or something positive that I want to call in. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know what that, but what I might have to give up. I don't know if I'm going to look silly on the other side. Um, I'm going to look um, that I'm going to get embarrassed, you know, all those things. Right. And so I know for me that I have had to learn the really important skill of surrender. That's been a message that I've been getting a lot the last couple of weeks about surrendering and to stop trying and to stop striving and just to let go and to be open. And so for that to happen, that includes availability and includes, includes openness and includes you being available for what is coming and the package that is coming. And but what goes with that is a second affirmation that the world conspires for your good, that letting go of the reins and trusting and acting in faith does not mean that there's an anvil that's about to come, you know, that there's not a wrecking ball that's about to come and crash everything. That as long as you are, that as long as you are calling in and being open and, and keeping your eyes open to things that are for you and walking towards those things and knowing that God, universe, spirit only has good for you that it's okay to trust that and it's okay to to follow that and it's okay to not always have to be on guard all the time. So I would love for that to be y'all's experience as well if you're open to that. And of course, you can take what you need and leave the rest with everything that I've shared here. But yeah, it is December. It is my favorite month of the year followed by February, which is Valentine's Day, which y'all know is my second favorite. <laughs> second favorite time of the year, the time of love and connection. And so I just pray that this month that you are treated with all the wonder, the majesty, the magic, and the connection that you deserve and that you desire. Uh, for those of you who need extra love and support and comfort, I pray that you're surrounded by those who can give it to you and that you are letting go of those who are taking up space from the people who could be giving that to you. And that's it. All right. I will see y'all in our next episode. And I love you all so much. And feel free to tell me happy birthday. Send me a little love. I would love that um, as I wait to celebrate officially later this month. But I will take all the love that you have um, if y'all are also birthday celebration people. Um, again, thank you all for being here. And I will see you in the next one. for listening to this week's podcast before we get started let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors